I'm Scott Cleveland with 3C Ranch in Henrietta, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the 2023 Cattle Industry Summer Business Meetings were held over the past week in San Diego. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. As we continue our look at the accomplishments of the sorghum checkoff, today we talk about pet food. I'm James Hunt, and we'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. Precautions that Texans and others traveling through the state on their summer vacation need to take to avoid creating wildfires during this intense drought and heat this summer. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more on Texas Ag Today. The American Farm Bureau Federation has submitted proposals to USDA to modernize federal milk marketing orders. I'm Michael Clements, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Several cattle industry groups met in San Diego over the past week to discuss policy and the direction of the beef industry. Ben Weinheimer, president and CEO of the Texas Cattle Feeders Association, was there. Several key things that we have discussed here in the Ag and Food Policy Committee and Live Cattle Marketing Committee, um, policies around, you know, continuing to demonstrate our strong support for the beef checkoff, um, and then also on some of the market issues, you know, uh, bringing forward some recommendations uh, relative to livestock mandatory reporting, uh, looking at uh, potential adjustments in the future to the CME uh, live cattle uh, contract specs, and then uh, some discussions around prompt payments. So it's been a, a good uh, meeting, uh, lots of activity uh, relative to some of those topics and you know input from uh, states across the U.S. State cattle groups, state beef councils, and the Cattlemen's Beef Board were all together for the conference. West Texas A&M in Canyon is getting $6 million to improve their agriculture program. West Texas A&M University is expanding one of its programs that allows students to specialize in agriculture and food production related fields. Earlier this week, the university announced it will receive $6 million from the state to continue establishing the Center for Advancing Food Animal Production in the Panhandle. The university says the center will enable its students to specialize in animal health, animal care, 
animal nutrition, and pre- and post-harvest food science and food safety. WT says the new funding will help ensure a steady and affordable supply of essential food products to consumers, address beef, dairy, and pork producer needs, and optimize water use technologies in the High Plains by funding an academic and industry team with postgraduate students to provide solutions. The funding is part of a record $1.19 billion in new spending approved by the governor for the Texas A&M University system. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. Beef producers considering marketing directly to consumers or just wanting to know where the value is in their beef can attend the Beef 706 course. On August 14th and 15th at the Rosenthal Meat Science and Technology Center in College Station. Beef 706 is hosted by the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service and sponsored by the Texas Beef Checkoff. The goal is to teach cattle producers about the food side of the cattle business and how to best utilize best management practices to improve beef quality and enhance profitability. This event will be held one week after the big beef cattle short course on the Texas A&M campus. Sorghum is finding success in the pet food arena. James Hunt has the story from Amarillo. One of the most important missions of the sorghum checkoff is to broaden the customer base for the crop. And one area where the checkoff has made a lot of inroads is with the pet food industry. For a long time, sorghum has been valued as a source of livestock nutrition, but now it's also helping feed a lot of dogs and cats. I talked about this with Zach Simon. He's the checkoff's director of ingredient utilization and pet food. Simon tells me one thing that attracts pet food companies to sorghum is its low glycemic index. The glycemic index is important, especially for those pets who are older or maybe slightly overweight. The starch in typical sorghum is digested slightly slower in the gut of the pets and helps kind of manage that weight and keep them full and uh, give them energy all day long and they don't need to eat as much. Zach Simon also tells me that the selling points for sorghum have been strengthened by some research performed by Kansas State University regarding antioxidants. They've proven higher antioxidant levels in the blood of pets that were fed a sorghum diet, um, which then equates to better joint health, just overall health in general is better, and uh, noticeable improved coat health, so a shinier, silkier coat on the dogs. Beyond pet food, sorghum is also being used in another pet product, sustainable kitty litter. Why that's a more sustainable or better choice is... The typical clay kitty litters that we think of are not biodegradable. So those are taking up space in landfills versus the sorghum litter biodegrades. It's eaten by enzymes and goes away in the landfill. Once again, that was Zach Simon with the United Sorghum Checkoff Program. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Wildfire danger is increasing across the state. Tom Nicoletti has more. As persistent triple-digit temperatures and dry conditions increase wildfire danger for much of the state, the Texas A&M Forest Service urges Texans and those people traveling through the state on summer vacation to be cautious with outdoor activities that create sparks. Adam Turner is Public Information Officer with the Texas A&M Forest Service, and he stresses caution to avoid wildfires. 
something as simple as dragging a chain behind you down a road or blowing a tire on the side of a road can start a wildfire that can grow quite rapidly. Being safe with fireworks and campfires, any activity that makes cause a spark outside, it's important to remember to be careful with all of those. Uh, that way we have an overall reduced number of starts. To prepare for wildfires, it would be beneficial for landowners to work to keep grass mowed short and remove grass, brush, anything that may be like right next to your house. Southern two-thirds of the state is now in an abnormally dry to exceptional drought status on the, the latest Texas drought monitor. So certainly this is a situation in which uh, people need to take the advice to be careful out there. Absolutely. With this continuing drought, no significant moisture in the future, our drought will continue to worsen. This will increase the likelihood of wildfires. If wildfires do occur, the chance that they become severe increases as well as this drought extends. With more and more people at state parks and national parks in Texas during their uh, summer vacation, does that create uh, any additional concern for you at the Forest Service? Of course, 90% of wildfires are caused by humans. So it is important. The biggest thing that members of the public can do is just absolutely be careful with any kind of activity that can cause a fire. That is Adam Turner with the Texas A&M Forest Service. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The American Farm Bureau Federation has submitted proposals to USDA to modernize federal milk marketing orders. Michael Clements reports from Washington. The American Farm Bureau Federation submitted multiple recommended reforms of federal milk marketing orders to the Department of Agriculture. AFBF economist Danny Munch says the proposal stemmed from the FMMO form held by AFBF last fall and a proposal by the National Milk Producers Federation. The formal amendment process for federal orders begins with a formal submission of a petition outlining specific recommendations on a pricing topic. So recently, USDA responded to a petition from the National Milk Producers Federation by announcing an action plan. The first step of that action plan was a request for additional proposals from other stakeholders. Munch explains what the AFBF proposals include. The first part of our proposal included a refinement of what's in NMPF's petition. So we support in principle most of the recommendations in that petition, which includes switching back to the higher of, class one mover, increasing class one differentials, and increasing the component values used in milk pricing. We also had eight other proposals based on our existing policy. Some of the main ones there are expanding uh, the product survey, the National Dairy Products Report Survey removing advanced pricing for class one and class two milk, and then implementing uniform check requirements to improve transparency for farmers. Munch says a hearing could start in August. USDA will provide a little of extra time for folks to refine their proposals after going through them. Those will be due mid next week. Then the end of July, the secretary will make a final determination of whether or not to hold the hearing and their tentative start date for a hearing, if it happens, is the end of August. And hopefully farmers will be able to testify virtually or in person throughout that process and stay involved. From Washington, I'm Michael Clements for Texas Ag Today. The first of several deadlines for Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's drawn hunts is coming up. I'm Jessica Dolmel and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And weaning is a serious problem in all animals. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next right here on Texas Ag Today. Why do you listen? I listen to radio to stay up on news, weather, current events around the local community. It keeps me up to date with everything going on in the world. kind of just takes my mind off of the drive, getting some relevant information that's in time. It's always nice to know what's going on. 
okay, what can I do? Well, listen to the what's coming up and you can plan your day. Why do you listen? Go to whyilisten.com, tell us why you listen, and you have a chance to win $500. Visit whyilisten.com today. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Weaning stress is a serious problem in all animals. Dr. Bob Judd says sheep and goats are no different. Weaning is the process of lambs and kids decreasing and then stopping nursing their mothers. There are multiple methods of weaning, as Cassidy Dawson with the University of Florida Extension Service indicates in the Shepherd publication that some producers wean lambs and kids early to add weight by feeding hay and grain. Early weaning usually occurs at around 60 days of age, but can be done as early as 30 days of age if milk replacer can be fed. Early weaning allows ewes and does to be bred back more quickly. However, leaving the kids and lambs on the mothers until four to six months of age is more natural and decreases stress on the young animals. Ideally, all herd health procedures like vaccination, castration, deworming, and tail docking should be performed prior to weaning to minimize stress. The first vaccine should be given at one month of age and boosted in four weeks. As far as vaccinations, check with your local veterinarian as they know which vaccines are important in your local area. So ideally, these procedures should be done prior to weaning to reduce stress. But if this cannot be accomplished, it is best to wait several weeks after weaning until the animals have settled down and are less stressed. These are the same principles used for weaning in calves to decrease stress by doing all procedures before weaning the calves and while they are still nursing. To start weaning, you can remove some grain from the ewes and does diets and feed a lesser quality hay to reduce milk production. However, you have to be careful and make sure the nutrition needs are still being met. Creep feeding lambs and kids while still nursing can be helpful in getting them used to eating feed so they will depend less on mother's milk. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The first of several deadlines for the Texas Parks and Wildlife's drawn hunts is coming up. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. Time is running out for hunters in Texas to apply for some of the hunts available through the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's Drawn Hunts program. Kelly Edmiston, TPWD's Public Hunting Coordinator for the Wildlife Division, says this year there are over 10,000 permits available. We have almost 60 different categories of hunts for various types of species. We do a drawing for everything from alligator to deer, obviously, to mule deer, to pronghorn, to feral hog, to spring turkey. And we do this all over the state. So it's not just a factor of what can you go hunting, but where? Somebody who's never gone to the Panhandle or West Texas, we have areas out there that they can apply for to go and see South Texas to East Texas. And then, like I said, everything in between. If they've never done alligator hunting, if they've never done mule deer hunting, if exotics are their thing, there's opportunity almost everywhere. There are specific hunts for youth and for those who prefer archery equipment. Youth can apply to hunts for free. The fee to apply for other hunts is 3 or $10, depending on the hunt. The deadlines to apply are on the 1st and 15th of every month from August 1st through November 1st. August 1st is the deadline for all alligator hunt categories and private lands dove hunts. 
August 15th is the deadline for archery deer, archery mule deer, pronghorn, private land pronghorn, and javelina hunts. You can see this year's drawn hunts catalog and apply for hunts on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department's website. There, just search drawn hunts. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We had a higher close on Friday to end the week in the cattle market, but cotton and grains finished lower. Look at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Why do you listen? Anytime I'm talking to a friend about new music and I don't know what it is, it's probably because they were listening to radio and I wasn't. I'm nosy. I like to know what's going on, and radio usually is right there telling me what and when is going on and where it's going on. Well, listen in the barn, skill loader, tractor, then just about anywhere you can. When you put the lights on on the barn, the radio went on. Why do you listen? Go to whyilisten.com, tell us why you listen, and you have a chance to win $500. Visit whyilisten.com today. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We ended last week with a higher close in the cattle complex, both live and feeder cattle managing to see some gains with August live cattle up 10 cents, 178.15, the October up 10, 179.60, December live cattle up 20 at 183.60. Same thing on the feeder cattle market, August feeders up 95 at 245.60, September feeder cattle up 70, 248.97, with October up 65 cents, 251 even. Cash fed cattle market's been a tough one to call over the past week. Packers putting off any sales till the very last minute. As of Friday afternoon, we had only had about 3,3500 reported sold. So not enough for a market test. Packers were bidding as much as 178, feedlots asking 180 to 182. But at that point Friday afternoon, we didn't have any prices to report. So perhaps some trade happened over the weekend that we'll pick up on Monday. Boxed beef prices lower Friday. Choice down 24 cents, 302.62. Select down 309 at 276.67. Now let's check those auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. I've got Jim Wheeler on the line. Addis goes to livestock, sells them on Tuesday. Jim, how did it go? It was short, but the market is still good. Cow market stayed steady. Calf market was strong. Pretty good Pretty good day all the way around. Walk the pins with us, please. Okay, 229 head, 91 were steers, 61 heifers, 54 cows, and 19 bulls. Steer side, 2 to 3 weights, 210 to 285. Heifers were $1.80 to 260. 3 to 4 weight steers, 210 to 275. Heifers were $1.80 to 250. 4 to 5 weight steers, $1.90 to 260. Heifers were $1.70 to $240. Five to six weight steers, $1.75 to $248. Heifers were $1.60 to $220. Six, seven weight steers, $1.70 to $225. Heifers were $1.45 to $210. Seven, eight weight steers, $1.60 to $1.95. Heifers were $1.35 to $1.75. Eight to nine weight steers, $1.40 to $1.93. And the heifers were $1.25 to $1.65. What they have on cows? 214 again. Been steady for, I guess, the last three weeks. 
best Packer cow brought a dollar eight, best bull brought a dollar twenty six and a half. Red cow sold uh, anywhere from seven fifty to thirteen hundred, and we kept some pairs together this week. They brought from fifteen fifty to seventeen seventy five. Jim, are you aware of anything for this next Tuesday sale in Pleasanton? Uh, yeah, hopefully next week we'll have a few more cattle. We did get a little rain around here on uh, that Sunday night. That may have slowed a few people down. Hopefully we'll be up there around that 350, 400 again next week. Tell everybody how to contact. Reach us at 830-569-2516. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. Thank you. Neighbor, you're appreciated every Monday through Friday here for Walking the Pins on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. You're listening right this second on Texas Ag Today. Thank you, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. Arlene Hogs finished higher on Friday. August Hogs up a dollar seventeen, one oh three twenty. October up a dollar seventy-seven, eighty-five oh two. Class three milk closed higher. Nearby July milk up a penny, thirteen eighty-one a hundredweight. The August contract up twenty-eight cents at seventeen twenty-six a hundred. The cotton market saw more losses on Friday. The market was a bit overbought, so technical factors easily pushed prices down. Also, end of the month squaring as we wrap up the month of July here, put pressure on prices as well. Now, the nearby October contract very lightly traded. It dropped 156 points to close at 85.06. The December down 12 at 84.26. Corn and wheat both finishing lower That's another one of those head scratchers. All the fundamental factors say that prices should be moving higher right now. And we did get that big jump back last Monday as Russia started attacking the Ukrainian ports. Also, hot, dry weather moving into the Corn Belt. So those factors should add up to a higher market fundamentally. But we didn't see it happen on Friday. Lower close in both corn and wheat. September corn dropped 12 and a quarter, 521 a bushel. December corn down 12 at 5.30 and a quarter. In the wheat market, September Kansas City wheat down 10 and a quarter, 8.56 and a quarter. September Chicago wheat dropped 8.5 at 7.04 and a quarter. In the energy market, September natural gas up 4 cents at 2.63. September West Texas crude up 49 at 80.58 a barrel. The financial markets higher Friday afternoon. The Dow up 176 points, 35,459. The Nasdaq up 266 at 14,316. The S&P up 44 at 4,582. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.